0: This is ContactTalkRadio.com. Consciousness in action. And you are taking action into your consciousness by tuning into Contact Talk Radio.
1: And on tunein.com, ping.fm, and upsnap mobile. Contact Talk Radio. Ready for a more successful and fulfilled life? It is time for real answers. A transformational hour with Dr. Kate Siner. Live broadcasting to the 50 states and internationally. Dare to go deep. Change yourself, Change with world.
2: Hi, uh, this is Dr. Kate Seiner, and this is Real Answers. Um, Today, we're going to be talking about intimacy and specifically how we can create more intimacy in our lives. And I think one of the best ways to start with this topic is actually what do we even mean by intimacy? Um, some people wonder, like, we, we say it a lot. There's a lot of things that we say a lot, but that we don't actually have um, a clear definition of what it is all about. So uh, what is it that actually creates this connectedness with another person? And there was a really wonderful article, um, published in Brain Pickings. I believe it was this last week that was about the psychology of, of love and what are the things that happen for people that get them to feel bonded and, um, a sense of, of positive, a, a po- shared positive experience that actually leads to their, 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 their bodies, um, Sinking together. And, and that's the, the physicality of our, our experience of intimacy is that we, we connect with another person in a way where the, how they're responding and how we're responding are actually in unison with each other. And that gives us this feeling of, of connectedness. But there are lots of tools for creating more intimacy, um, that aren't just about, uh, you know, kind of the biological level of feeling connected. They're actually about, you know, ways that we can understand another person better and, uh, do things, uh, whether it's say things or act in a certain way that really facilitates our connection with another person. And, um, what I very strongly believe is that our capacity to be intimate with another person depends largely on our ability to be uh, intimate with ourselves, to be aware of who we are. So that is a starting place, Um, understanding ourselves, engaging in personal development work um, and uh, becoming more aware is actually the way that we can then be more present and, um, and connected to the people around us, right? So if you think about it, it's like for whatever limitations that we have in our kind of our own world, um, our own ability to see ourselves, the things that are outside of what it is that we, we know and we're comfortable with about ourselves are also going to show up in the way that we relate to another person. So sometimes those can show up as projections. Where um, we disown something and we actually say other people, you know, I never get mad. I'm always surrounded by people who are angry. That's like an example of that. Things that we disown actually show up in the people around us. Um, And then also, um, we can't see them. It's uh, if you think about it, if you know, it's like that car, the, the saying people have about cars where it's like you buy a new car. And then all of a sudden, you see them everywhere on the road. Before that, you didn't really see them very much at all. So once you become aware of something and you sort of know that it's yours, you're then when you're looking out into the world, you're actually able to see more of that in the world. That's partly why, like, two people can go walking down a street and see very different things on that street. And a lot of that will have to do with what it's they're interested in and, and, you know, what is a part of their life, um, a conscious part of their life on a regular basis. So, those are kind of some of the ways that our own personal awareness starts to impact the way that we're relating to others. And of course, this is as, you know, as big and as um, complex as our own, you know, in the internal self is, um, it's, you know, just multiplied um, when we move into relationship. So anything that I say here about creating intimacy is actually something that you can apply to yourself first. Um, and I i now talk a little bit about that as well. So, um, you know, one of the first things that I think is so incredibly, incredibly important is asking questions. So it is so important to remember to be curious and to uh, not define another person and say, okay, well, this is who you are and that's the end of the story. Sometimes people think that that's really intimacy is knowing another person so well that they can tell the other person who they are. And, you know, there's something to that familiarity that is a, is a form of, of intimacy. However, um, it's actually our willingness to be curious and to allow more of a person to emerge that, that creates that real deep intimacy. Oh, I didn't know that about you, or I'm willing to uh, suspend what I think that I know and just ask and find out firsthand what it is that um, you're thinking or feeling in this moment, right? So one of the things that happens when, when people first meet, and whether it's romantic or it's a friendship or it's an employee situation or whatever, is that um, if people hit it off, they're often really enamored with each other. And um, so they're all, they you know, they want to ask questions and they want to know more. And, and it's like there's this excitement about getting to know someone. And then what happens over time is that this excitement wears off because um, we just naturally want to uh, define our, our, our world. We just, it's it's kind of how we make things easy for ourselves um, is that we, we label things and we you know, kind of put them to the side and we have to kind of think about less on a regular basis. So it's easy to do that with a person. Okay. Well, now I know you and I know that you do these things and you act this way. And so I'm going to start just interacting you a little bit unconsciously. That's where you see such a big shift happen in relationships where people go from, Oh, who are you? to, um, I know who you are. And this is how I'm going to be acting. Towards you because of that, we don't we don't think through that process. It's just something that that starts to happen, and um, and then before we know it, a lot of times somebody does something that we perceive is out of character. Right? We think they shouldn't act that way because we've decided how it is that they are. And we're shocked and sometimes upset if it's something that, you know, we think is uh, negative. It's, we can get upset about it and say, well, wait a second here. You know, um, I thought you were this kind of person and now I'm seeing that you're that kind of person. Right? So um, people are a lot more fluid than that. People are, you know, we're, we're a lot of different things. And so it's really important, um, when you're asking, you know, as you're kind of keeping an open mind about, about someone, it's really important to, um, also be willing to, um, let them on, you know, unfold, unfold more and, um, and be attentive and, um, Yeah, be attentive and conscious of how you're you're interacting with them. So not to label them and to define them. So okay, so that's that's a little bit about asking questions. And it's carrying me right into um the second part of this, which is listening, right? Uh so we need to ask questions and then we need to also be able to take the person in so that we're not acting just we're not acting out and we're not just um kind of being unconscious in our way of relating to them so uh, curiosity what are you all about and listening okay let me really just hear what it is that you are trying to say right what is it that you are making an effort to communicate to me right now, not what I think that you're going to say, I think that you're trying to communicate, anything like that. So a a great technique for that. Is, um, uh, you know, was created by Carl Rogers, who is a humanistic psychologist. And he really did a lot around, um, you know, asking and listening and, and getting people to engage very deeply with each other, um, without, um, even without a lot of words sometimes. And, uh, and so listening, one of the things that you can do to, um, to help the process of listening is to actually reflect back to someone what it is that you hear them saying. And some people, you know, they learn this technique and they learn it. They, they, they were taught it maybe in a more limited way. And it starts to sound like parroting, you know, you say one thing to me and I return back to you exactly those words. And, if those words are are accurate and really feel right and authentic for me, that's something that you can say. But the goal is not to pair it back to someone. The goal is to take what they said and really try in your own words and from your own perspective to give it back to that other person, right? So you're actually taking it and it might be changing it a little bit. But you're you're looking to the person to say, "Have I got you from my worldview? Now that's a little different than say the therapeutic active listening, right? You're you're in a, a couple, or you're in you know you're talking to anybody. Like I said, work, friend, relationship. You ask a question, and when you hear what their response is, what you can do is say, "Okay, I'm really listening. I'm trying to understand what this person is saying." right? Not what I think about it or anything like that, but just what the person's saying. And this is how I understand it and I'm showing the person. And your goal is not necessarily to get it absolutely correct. Your goal actually is to get more feedback, right? That's how you establish a really deep understanding with someone. They might say, oh yeah, that's pretty much it. But Here's this other piece of information that I don't feel I was really heard on yet. And so what you get at the end of that well, when when you're able to give it back to them in your words, you have understanding. You know you've understood them and the other person knows knows that they've been understood. They can hear it, they can feel it from you. And this is huge in building intimacy especially when there's there's misunderstandings. Or when you're having a difficult time kind of having a meeting of the minds on things, um, you can use this active listening to, um, you know, help the other person be heard and help yourself learn how to really listen to them, to really be able to deeply get what it is that they're saying so you can actually qualify and shape the way that you listen so that it it more accurately uh, gets at what a person is trying to say to you. And this is profound. It really is profound. So um when you start doing this, and I mean, I find that this happens all the time, um, more often than, you know, I would intellectually think, is that I'll be listening to somebody that I know, and I will just ask another question and really listen into them. And something, a whole new part of them will come forward. I'll be like, wow, I've known you for a while, and I didn't see that part of you before. And that is a depth of intimacy. When you've known somebody for a while and all of a sudden you can see even more to them and and that it was like, oh, it's like a revelation that that part of them comes forward. And especially when you're dealing with longer term relationships, that becomes incredibly beneficial. Because, um, once again, we can go unconscious. We can start to just interact with someone in a rote way. And then you, you notice that the relationship becomes less dynamic. You're less engaged. Um, maybe there's some fighting because people aren't, um, feeling as heard or as seen. And just simply by reversing that and then asking questions and really learning how to listen and ideally being in a relationship where that can happen for you as well um, means that the relationship is continually growing. That person is continually unfolding in your life. And that is a truly, truly beautiful, beautiful thing. And what I would suggest, because I said, well, this applies to you as well as applies to any relationship that you're in, right, is make a point of being curious about your own process, especially as we like, you know, we, we interact with the world, you know it can be, well, well, why did you do that, or what's coming up here?" or and it can be so like, well, this is the reason why you know we come up with a reason why, and then that becomes our reason why, and it's like our default, but sometimes it's worth like saying, "Well, you know what, like, how could I just inquire, Is that really it? Is that still true for me? Is that the uh, most truthful that I can be with myself? Is there something else here that maybe it's time for me to see or know, or something like that? So you can ask the questions and then really be willing to take in new information about yourself. And usually, quite frequently, let's say, that comes from people who are in our life, <laughs> you know, it comes from the opposite side of intimacy, which is um, meaning the, the intimacy that we have when another person reflects back to us who we are. And um, sometimes we can say, well, that's not in line with how I see myself. Like that's not the way that I've come to imagine myself, right? And what we can actually do is just say, huh, let me like really consider that. Maybe that is an aspect of me or, or maybe that is something that I want to say, okay, how is that true for me? Or how is that not true for me? And once again, to clarify around this, because all of these things are, you know, like they're all kind of like contingent on, on other skills. So when you're learning, you know, when you're doing that with yourself, you know, some people have a tendency to do that a little too much, right? So when someone reflects back to them who they are, they just kind of take it on and they say, oh yeah, well, that must be who I am, despite what they know about themselves. Right. So you're always doing kind of a balancing act between the data and information that you have and, you know, the definitions and consistency and structure you've put in place and also. That more, you know, flexible, um, way of, you know, saying, oh, okay, what else is here? How else could I look at this? Right? It's always a dance between those two parts, both in a relationship with another person and in a relationship, um, you know, with our, with ourselves. So let's see here. Um, one of the things that, um, i think is really important to think about when we're when we're listening to another person is that um we really want to let go of our desire to formulate a response right or determine how we feel about what someone's saying usually that's a very self focused way of of listening to someone You're thinking about what am I going to say? How do I want to respond to this person? What do I think about this? How do I feel about this? And so you're not actually able. That's a big block to being able to listen and take another person in. So just a suggestion is to let that go, to learn how to let go of needing to kind of always be thinking about, you know, yourself and really just being able to absorb that other person. So, uh, that is our first segment of the show. We're going to go to a break here in just a second. Um, this is Real Answers with Dr. Kate Siner, and today we're talking about intimacy. I look forward to talking with you again after the break.
0: your chance to be part of the show call 877-230-3062 call in with your questions or thoughts and talk with the host and their guests again that number is 877-230-3062
1: author and educator dr kate signer wants to help you connect with your purpose and passion with 18 years in the field of personal development A Ph.D. in psychology and plenty of real-life experience from the School of Hard Knocks, Dr. Kate will inspire you not just to change your life, but the world for the better. Her mentoring and programs provide effective tools and tailored support that meets you where you are and grows as you do. For more information, visit
0: www.katesiner.com. Are you craving positive change in an area of your life? Dreaming of work that is meaningful or relationships that are authentic and connected? Internationally recognized author and facilitator, Dr. Kate Siner, is a compassionate and fearless advocate for positive change. Through personally tailored programs and masterful mentoring, Dr. Kate's genius lies in helping you get connected to your core so you can make a difference in the world starting with yourself visit www.katesiner.com. That's K-A-T-E-S-I-N-E-R.com.
1: Be the change you wish to see is a phrase that gets said a lot. But the question is how? Dr. Kate Signer provides programs and mentoring that give you the real-life tools to make the changes you wish to see. Her personally tailored services combine almost two decades of work with the grit and compassion that can only come from a life fully and passionately lived that support you on your path of positive change. To learn more and get started, visit www.katesiner.com.
2: Hi. So we were just talking about intimacy and specifically around, uh, listening and asking questions. Um, two fundamental skills in creating more intimacy. And, um, you do have an opportunity to call in and ask some questions today. Uh, so if that's something that you're wanting to do, you can call 877-230- 3062. So that's eight seven seven two three zero three zero six two. Um and ask any question that you have about intimacy, I'd be happy to speak with you. Um and before I get started on my next couple uh bullet points on this topic, um, I have a question here from uh, Mac in uh, Rhode Island. And his question is, what do you recommend for mental and physical exercises that would open someone up to the possibility of starting to date again? So I really that's a great question. I think that that is um, if someone's been taking a break from from dating, then uh, it, sometimes it's a little bit of a of a of a transition to kind of feel like you are ready to get back out there and start engaging with the world in that in that sort of way. So, um, there's, there's a few different things that I think are really helpful for getting kind of like back in the swing of things as far as, as far as dating goes. Um, I think one is determining what you want from your dating. Right. Being really clear with yourself about, you know, whether you're looking for, you know, something that's short term, something that's long term, um, you know, whether you're really looking to make friends first before move into um, some kind of dating. So getting clear kind of like what your expectations are for the relationship. So, you know, that way you can really clearly communicate what it is that you're wanting to people that you're potentially interested in. Um, also knowing what you want for yourself around a relationship and specifically for a lot of people, what I think this comes down to is the things that are absolutely not okay for you in relationship, things that you know that you need to say no to and to have Ideally, a short list, um, of things that maybe you've come across in your life before your dating experience before that you know, if you come across it again is actually not right, um, for you where you are in your life to, to choose to take those pieces, um, or take those kind of, uh, traits or habits or whatever, um, back on for yourself. So that would be another, another idea. I often recommend, you know, now that we're in the, The age of of online dating. I really recommend that people who are interested in dating, um, even if that wasn't the way that they were thinking about pursuing it, um, I believe it's a fabulous mental exercise and getting clear about what it is that you want and sort of opening the door. To this idea of meeting someone and I think it's a it's a powerful action as well as mental shift for people where they can really kind of say okay I'm declaring from this point in time I'm someone I've entered the dating world and you know this is what I'm you know wanting to say and this is what I'm wanting to communicate this is who I'm looking for and um and then uh kind of like open themselves up to being in the world that way. Another thing to do would be to tell friends and family that you're planning on dating. That would be another thing to kind of switch your mindset um, over. Um, Typically, when I work with someone, and I'm not going to go into that right now, but typically when I work with someone, I'm also taking a look at what are their blocks to getting into a relationship. And and then my, the exercises that I would design, physical, or mental, or emotional, would actually be designed around what it is that is difficult for them or what's held them back from getting into relationship in the past. So um, that would be kind of like a, a further line of inquiry to go here. Um, but those are some exercises that I think could get someone kind of back into thinking about being part of the of the dating world again. So. I also think that some of these tools around, uh, creating more intimacy are helpful as well in creating more of, um, uh, creating more of an openness to, um, relationships. Uh, so the next one that I'm talking about is suspending judgments. Right. and and this is really interesting based on what I just said when answering that question I said know really clearly what it is that you're not willing to, to deal with right the reason that I say that is specifically so that you can then suspend judgments so that's an area you're gonna you're gonna use your judgments you're gonna say this isn't healthy for me. These, these are things I know I don't want a part of my life. I know I don't want a partner of like say who smokes, for example, you know, it can be like that, or it can be, you know, an emotional habit. So uh, you want to be clear about the things that really are those deal breakers for you. And then actually allow yourself to suspend judgments and the more more you've gotten to know someone, the closer that you've become, the more established the relationship has um, is, the healthier the relationship is, the more you want to move into really suspending your your judgments. because if you're close to someone, and you already know that they're you know a good person and that you want them in your life and all of that kind of stuff, if they start doing something or saying something that in some way starts to challenge you, um, then I, meaning it brings up intense emotions for you, um, you don't agree with it, that kind of thing. Um, that is a really great moment to move into a place of suspended judgment. Because what that shows you is if you've gone, is that you're not really listening anymore, right? You've gone to a place where you're, you're actually, you know, oh, I don't like that information. I can't believe that, you know, he or she said that to me. You know, I, I, I couldn't believe that somebody that I've known for so long would act that way, right? Some of these things are, are those are, our, that's what our judgments sound like. And, um, what we haven't done is really gather the full amount of information about the person, right? Um, judgments also take on a, a slight, they, they can be, have a little bit more of an impact when we say something like, uh, because you have done X, you know, showed up late three times. I believe you are a person who doesn't care about other people, or I don't think you think I'm important. Or, right, so that's like um, we've sort of elaborated on our judgment. I, I, I'm judgmental about the fact that you have showed up late, and now I'm also saying now I have a judgment about who you are as a person, right? We can see this. We've all had this experience. We've all done this to someone else, right? I had this experience of you. I didn't like it. Now I'm assuming this about you as a person. And, and then so if this is someone that we've had a long standing relationship, this can be very painful for both us and for them, right? We can feel betrayed and upset and they can feel, um, the same way. They can feel betrayed and upset as well. Like, how could you think this about me? You've known me for so long. What we haven't found out actually is what really is going on, you know? Um, That's one piece. So in other words, do we understand what is really happening with this person? In other words, maybe if they're late three times, maybe it's because they're overloaded at work and that was something that we didn't know. Right. So maybe there's some information that we could find out. And we could ask questions in order to find some information out. Now, we'd be careful here because we might say, well, if you're busy at work, then that's okay. But if you're just late, then that's not okay, right? So we can start to get into kind of thinking that way. But it's always good, nevertheless, to find out more information and really make sure we understand the other person's um, reasons for their behavior, even if they're just kind of more character traits, and then the next thing to do is to always remember to look at a person's behavior um, in context. So look at their behavior in context with um, everything else that they've done. So in other words, has this person typically showed that they care about me, that they're respectful of my time, things like that. You know, so is this something that has been consistent, you know, that I don't feel that this person is being respectful of my time? Or is this something that actually is just it it is a more isolated event? You know, when these factors are there, this person, you know, winds up showing up late and actually they don't. You know, um, ha- it does not mean something specific about who they are as a person or um, how they feel about me. So, next step of all of that in suspending judgments is to actually look for the opposite. I really love this. Byron Katie put this idea forward in a in a big sort of way, but um, th- it has also been out there in you know in other people's writing. And what it is is. Is it possible that the opposite is true? In other words, could you actually see their behavior in the opposite light? There's a wonderful story that a client uh, of mine has told me about this where um, her husband would rearrange her dishwasher. And every time he did it, she thought, oh, he's telling me I'm bad at keeping house. He's telling me that I'm, you know, uh, you know, failure as a wife. He's, you know, being controlling like she had a story about what this meant. And one day she realized that she could look at it another way. And she said, okay, well, what if instead, because there's also proof that he does this because he cares about me. He does this because he cares about um, our stuff. He does this because he wants to make sure that I have a nice home. So she looked for the opposite, proof in the opposite. And so this one act that was irritating, right? And brought up a lot of judgment for her then became something that she could um, see the love in, right? So talk about building a connection with another person versus staying in judgment and creating more misunderstanding and separation, right? So this is a really, I think, a really powerful example of how you can suspend judgment, but then also even look for the opposite to be true, Okay. Uh, the next part of this is about, uh, is about, uh, differences being good. So w- this kind of goes in line with how we think, oh, well, you did this. I don't like it. Therefore, you are, you know, a bad person. I can't be around you. However, we say that. So a lot of times, if, if a person close to us has a different belief, Maybe it's a different religious belief or political belief, you know, hot hot topics a lot of the time. Or maybe they just believe a different thing about child rearing or how to get a job done, right? That if we're close to them and they have that belief um, or they have that way of being, that they, um, you know, th- that that's a problem, that we have to solve that, that we have to come to an agreement on how things need to be. And sometimes agreement is necessary in order to get a job done or, you know, to move forward in a, in a way that's really good. However, more often than not, differences are really good. We want to embrace our differences. We want to be able to see them as something that contributes to, or, you know, it's like we've, we fall in love with somebody or we're enamored with someone or we want to be around someone a lot of times because they are different. And then those differences become reasons why, you know, that we're uncomfortable and we try to make them more like us, right, so that we can be comfortable. The way that I am is right. That's why I decided to be this way. I want you to be more like this. This is more of an unconscious than a conscious pattern. So learning to embrace differences and really like that's part of where what listening, asking questions and listening contributes to. If you can be curious, and actually say, "Ah, oh, what is this person about? And recognize that no matter what perspective that they have, that that perspe- perspective is a contribution to our life. Even if we very strongly disagree with it, that it can be something that helps us and that informs us um, in in the way that we live our life or in, you know, how to just be more tolerant and more accepting of different viewpoints. So that willingness to really embrace people's differences and appreciate people's differences is born out of suspending judgments and listening and and asking questions. And it, it's also, you know, even more than that, which is like our, our tolerance for and our acceptance of, you know, the diversity that comes with life. And, and really being able to see how that benefits us and, and is exciting and intriguing. You know, it's like if you know what someone's going to say or you know what they believe on absolutely everything, there becomes very little to talk about or engage around. So differences are a fabulous, fabulous piece. All right, when I when I come back, I'm going to be speaking a little bit more about some tools for intimacy. and uh, But for now, we're going to be going to a break. And what you can do, if you'd like to ask a question around this, is dial in at 877-230-3062. Um, and this is Dr. Kate Seiner with Real Answers. I'll be back in just a couple minutes. Music.
1: educator, Dr. Kate Siner wants to help you connect with your purpose and passion. With 18 years in the field of personal development, a PhD in psychology, and plenty of real-life experience from the School of Hard Knocks, Dr. Kate will inspire you not just to change your life, but the world for the better. Her mentoring and programs provide effective tools and tailored support that meets you where you are and grows as you do. For more information, visit
0: www.katesiner.com. Are you craving positive change in an area of your life? Dreaming of work that is meaningful or relationships that are authentic and connected? Internationally recognized author and facilitator, Dr. Kate Siner, is a compassionate and fearless advocate for positive change. Through personally tailored programs and masterful mentoring, Dr. Kate's genius lies in helping you get connected to your core so you can make a difference in the world starting with yourself. Visit www.katesiner.com. That's K-A-T-E s-i-n-e-r
1: be the change you wish to see is a phrase that gets said a lot but the question is how Dr. Kate Siner provides programs and mentoring that give you the real life tools to make the changes you wish to see our personally tailored services combine almost two decades of work with the grit and compassion that can only come from a life fully and passionately lived that support you on your path of positive change. To learn more and get started, visit www.katesiner.com.
2: Hey, this is Real Answers with uh, Dr. Kate Siner, and we were just talking about how to develop more intimacy and specifically about suspending judgments and um, embracing differences. So um, for the last part of this show, I would like to talk about um, speaking truthfully um, and also about how you can return to your heart or how you can return to uh, love um, when you're relating um, to another person. So speaking truthfully, um, and this is so important, right? Um, learning to speak as truthfully as possible to ourselves, be as truthful as possible with ourselves, and also learning to be as truthful as possible with another person, right? And I, and I say as possible because we're really not always able to see um, ourselves or a situation um, clearly. And that's just a limitation that we have. That's that's part of the messiness of relationships in general is that um, we come to them with our limitations and with our, our, our blinders on. And a relationship really helps us unfold is to see the other person, to see ourselves, to see the relationship. And that's like kind of the growing process. So, um, you know, but our commitment to the truth and the desire to get at the truth is an incredibly powerful tool in creating intimacy. And we hone and we develop that over time. And it becomes something where, where we maybe tolerate something for a while and then there's a little nagging voice inside that says, "Eh, you know, I don't know if that's really it. You know, that I don't know if that's really the truth of the, of the situation. And, and when, when we're willing to kind of listen to that little, you know, little voice inside and look for, um, a, a, something that really feels like the truth. Um, we, we get so much of ourselves and we have so much to give in relationship. The other thing that this does. Is that it creates um, trust, right? Uh, because the other person will know that we are doing our best to be as truthful as possible, right? And and that is that's really huge. If you're looking for a dynamic, deep, rich, intimate relationship with another person, it's so important that they can know that you are making every effort possible to be as truthful with them as you possibly can. Right. Um, Because then it's just like, if you bring something, say you say, ah, I'm," you know, I feel like this is what's happening here. You know, I'm, I mean, yeah, you're, I feel like you're upset about something, you know, I'm not sure what it is, but I just feel like there's something off. I don't really feel like I'm upset about, about something with you, but it kind of, I'm wondering if maybe there's something going on with you. And the person says, no, you know, everything's, everything's great. Everything's, you know, really wonderful over here. And, um, I don't, I don't have anything going on. Right. And, you know, sometimes that's an absolutely accurate answer, but you can believe that answer. If at another point in time, you've seen that person say, Oh, no, I don't think anything's really going on. And then come back to you and say, you know what? I've thought about it. And actually, something has been going on with me. And this is what it has has been going on. And then what you can, you can get out of that is, um, like, oh, okay, like I can trust this person to inquire and bring me as much truth as possible. It's a huge, huge thing. And then, you know, like some of those things that people get into that block being close, like, like nagging another person or, or not quite believing them. And then so sort of doing either passive aggressive things or, you know, asking indirect questions, like that kind of stuff can disappear because you can trust the person you're in relationship with doing their side of the relationship and they can trust you with doing the same being willing to really do the inquiry and be able to ask the questions and bring themselves forward into the relationship as much as possible, right? So that's where all of this stuff starts to build up, right? If you're asking questions, if you're really learning to listen, if you're suspending judgments, if you're learning to embrace the differences and the complexity of things, then it becomes easier to get at the truth, Right? So, so that's how we can kind of keep building in layers of intimacy into the relationship. So, for the last little bit, I'd love to talk about returning to love because this is one of my favorite favorite topics and um, I teach about it all the time. I teach in my life work community. It's a foundational skill. It's not just about returning to love in a um, personal, um, like a romantic relationship. It's about returning to love in all relationships, the place where you are connected, where you are positively engaged, um, where you're feeling that sense of uh, rapport and connectedness. Right. So one of the things that um, happens is that uh, in, in an intimate relationship or any relationship is that we lose sight of our we, – we, we stop being able to be vulnerable. Being vulnerable feels too risky, right? We get our feelings hurt and then we don't want to open up or we, we react back to the other person and you know, want them to be hurt too. So, um, and what what actually helps a relationship, um, and granted, I am talking about a healthy relationship. Um, uh, I don't believe that it's uh, a good idea to continually make yourself vulnerable in a, in a, in a very unhealthy, dysfunctional relationship. Um, that's putting yourself in harm's way. But in a healthy relationship... Being vulnerable is um, is so, so key. It's about, regardless of the circumstance, um, being able to open yourself to the other person. And the beautiful part about this is I was teaching this um, or taught this to a client of mine and she came back to me and she's like, I did it. And, you know, what I learned from it was that when you open yourself up that way, you don't get hurt more, you get hurt less. I was like, yes, Exactly. Right. Because when you can move back into that place of um, of love and connectedness, there's so much less pain. And that's a really I mean, there's I could I might do a whole radio show on that eventually. Um, but for now, I'm just going to touch touch into it. Right. So I'm going to break it down into steps. You get into some sort of conflict disagreement. You are in some way at odds or feeling separate from someone that you normally like to feel close to and you want to be more intimate with, right? You can engage in problem solving. You can engage in finding the answer. You can even engage in just asking questions, right? All of those things are kind of normal ways that people respond along with being irritated, agitated, angry, leaving, and that kind of stuff, but what you can do in that moment is actually—and this is a high-level skill—you can actually open yourself up to the other person instead of closing down. So instead of going to that place of, um, you know, I, I need to win or I need to prove I'm right or I'm feeling scared now or whatever, you uh, you think of that love you have for the person. You actually bring in the feeling of the love that you have for that person that you were feeling minutes before or days before or years before and, um, and or that you've just had this feeling of love in general. You can think of something that you love. It also helps. And you, you wait and feel yourself shift. You'll actually feel a shift that will happen where you go from feeling a little bit tense, maybe guarded, maybe thinking a lot and then you move into this place of it's like you'll feel some relaxation happen, you'll feel sort of an openness and you'll the person will appear will actually look a little bit different um because you've shifted back into the place of knowing that you love this person, right? Even if it's just situationally meaning you know you're just it's just another human being this is just love of humankind right that you have love with this person and you can believe that that's coming back to- towards you too because we're talking about a healthy relationship that regardless of how you are feeling right now regardless of what's happening that you love this person and they love you and that that's what you're going to choose that's the filter by which you're going to translate what they're saying and, and, and what they're doing, right? So just even taking in some parts of that, some key parts of that, you're, you're instead of using a filter of fear, anger, betrayal, hurt, whatever it is that kind of is getting in the way, separation, You're using a filter of love, connectedness, and understanding. And you're saying, how would I be listening to this person right now if I truly believed that they loved me? Or how would I be listening to this person right now if I really could connect with how I love them? right? So that's a way of getting there through your mind. When you ask questions like that, you're sort of like walking yourself into it. You're thinking and walking yourself into it. So I'm going to repeat those questions because I think that they're really valuable. How would I be perceiving this person if I truly believed that they loved or cared about me, if that's a more comfortable word, and they cared about me? And how would I act in this moment If I was really feeling love or care for this person who is here in this moment with me. And even if you have a situation that you're looking back on, right? Maybe you had an argument with someone that you care about last week. You know, you can look back at that situation and go back through it with those questions. And see if that shifts your perspective at all. Because what happens is, is we get so kind of caught up in the moment, we lose sight of that thing that is so precious and wonderful between us. All the reasons that that we're upset to begin with, all the reasons that we care, all the reasons that, you know, we're spending the time and energy with this person. We want to be reminded of those because that's actually the platform to solve the problem or to reconnect um, or to go deeper. That's the way that you get there. Not from the place of separation or anger or what have you. Okay. Um, so there's a really, really great, great question that, um, I'm, I'm, I just have a couple minutes left and, um, but I'll, I'll go into just for a second here, which is sometimes intimacy, emotional intimacy leaves me feeling less connected myself to myself. Why is that? Well, here we go. Intimacy is a little bit of a merger sometimes. So what it requires in order to balance that out, it's like when you're in that sort of rapport, you're feeling the same things, you got the jive going, it feels really good, all that kind of stuff, whether it's intellectual or emotional or what have you. What it really requires is that you have a very strong sense of self. And that's why... I started this by saying you can really work on any of these tools with yourself because in order to be able to maintain a depth of emotional intimacy with another person, you have to be able to stay connected to yourself through the process. And there are all kinds of like – um you know, the challenges that people face, the traumas that they had in their life that lead to losing the self in an emotional relationship. And I think that that would also be a great topic for us to talk about, again, at some point in time. But for now, if you find that's happening, I would suggest you go through these steps with yourself and start to get really, really connected to yourself before making the effort to connect more deeply with another person, especially emotionally. So I just want to thank you for showing up today for yourself and uh, listening in, and I hope to have you back next week. Um, Have a great day.
1: You've been listening to Real Answers with your host, Dr. Kate Seiner. Her purpose is to inspire you to create positive change inside and out. Visit Dr. Kate on her website at www.katesiner.com with Dr. Kate and see how she can help.